You're listening to the Vineyard Community Church Podcast. For more information, visit vccmountcomfort.org. Good morning, everyone. Sorry, I have to get all trussed up here. Joy. Boy, I don't know if you discerned it, but as we were worshiping and the Lord came, heaven came, did you sense the, the, the shift in the atmosphere? That was a release of not just healing, but I believe a release of joy. So, Father, we just are so thankful that you gave us a, a hard experience, a, a, a true, real experience of your joy made manifest on the earth today among men. We're grateful, Lord. We recognize it, we receive it, and we thank you for it in Jesus' name. And all the saints said, Amen. Well, I was getting ready to uh, give this little teaching, and somebody that really loves me gave me a Christmas gift. <laughs> and uh, I thought that really encouraged my heart that I was going to be speaking on joy today. I'd like to pass an outline out to you all because I do not have an overhead. So, Kathy, why don't you come, please? and get some for that side. Then Flo, would you come and give out some for, let me keep one. Give Flo a few. Okay, I've got extra here too if you need them ladies. Thank you, helpers. In keeping with our tradition of the Advent celebration every year, we're going to light a third candle. So we remember hope, the hope of the prophets that we talked about the first week of Advent. And then last week, Chuck talked to us about peace. And today, we're going to celebrate joy. <laughs> As I've been praying about this time of sharing, so many life issues have come to obscure my joy. Isn't that true? When you're getting ready to, to walk out into something, uh, the enemy wants to come and rob and steal. And my sister-in-law was writing to me yesterday and said, sometimes I feel like my joy is gone. And I've been praying that the Lord would bring me back in my joy. And the Lord said to her, I haven't taken your joy, but rather your eyes have been clouded. Your eyes have been obscured from seeing and sensing my joy. And so, can you think of a time, maybe within the last month or so, 
where something came to obscure your sense of Jesus, your sense of his presence, your sense of his joy. You know, the Psalms talk about the joy of the Lord is in his presence. And so sometimes that seems obscured by life, doesn't it? Sometimes I think trying to define joy and grasp onto it is like trying to grasp onto jello. It is for me anyway. So today I want to explore, and your outline is going to carry kind of the sequence that I want to share with you from. I'm going to explore what joy is. We're going to talk about that a little bit. And then we're going to look at our scripture, which today involves a visit by Mary, the mother of Jesus, to her cousin or relative, Elizabeth. And uh, that I think that depicts such joy in both women. We're going to talk about that as we look at today's scripture in a little while. So as we talk about joy, what are some of the words or adjectives that you would use to define joy? Just call them out. Happiness, who said that? Okay, that, Polly, thank you. Energy, oh, that's a good one, Kevin. Elation, good. Truth, Truth? all right. Anything else? Cheerful, all right. That's Joy is probably cheerful taken to the next level, isn't it? Uh, say that again. Faithfulness. Excited, yes. Ecstatic, yes. Anticipatory, good guys. You know, our, our, our worldly expression is, is usually, we usually use the words, oh, I'm so happy. But when joy comes, we're, we've come into another level, the divine level, because we're going to talk today, joy dwells with the divine. I'd like to follow through on some of the scripture that we see not only in today's reading, but throughout the scripture around Christmas tide. We're going to see that joy was indeed an integral part of Jesus and John's birth from the very beginning. So I want to start with the scripture in Luke 1 where the angel visits Zechariah. So we're going to jump around just a little bit here in Luke today. And I'm going to pick it up in uh, verse 6. So Luke 1, verse 6. Both of them, that was Elizabeth and Zechariah, were upright in the sight of the Lord, observing all the Lord's commandments. But they had no children, because Elizabeth was barren, and both were well along in years. I'm going to talk a little bit about barrenness throughout the morning. But for a woman back in ancient days, that was a real social stigma, not to be able to bear children. And it brought shame. And so Elizabeth and Zechariah had lived with this for all of their lives. And when the Bible talks about old age, they're talking about women and men who, women who were in their postmenopausal years. So we know that they really were elder people and really past the years of being able to conceive and bear children. Then we see Zechariah was burning incense in the temple, 
in verse 11, then an angel of the Lord appeared to him standing at the right side of the altar. And when Zachariah saw him, he was startled and he was afraid. Now, you weren't there 2,000 and some years ago. What did the angel say to Zechariah right away? Good, that's right. Good Berean students. Do not be afraid. Your prayer has been heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you are to give him the name John. Now, can you imagine hearing this after all these years of being married and no children, and well past the age of physically being able. Can you imagine what was going through Zechariah's mind? And the angel went on to say, he will be a joy and a delight to you. So right away, we're picking up this theme of joy being an innate part of this whole Christmastide event. All right, so let's pick up today's scripture. You're going to find it in your pamphlet on page 10 if you want to read along. Luke 1 verse 39. At that time, and that was after Mary had been visited by the angel herself and she was on her way to a little country town in Judea, she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, and we can see it right here on the screen, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And in a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored, asked Elizabeth, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leapt for joy. Say that with me. Leapt for joy. Say it again, because I want to start seeing some leaping around here. <laughs> and Elizabeth said to Mary, blessed is she who has believed that the, what the Lord has said to her will be accomplished. There are a few other scriptures that go along with joy through the Christmas tide. Let's, we've already looked at a couple. Let's key in on a couple more. I want to look at verses 57 and 58. This is what happened when Elizabeth gave birth to John. When it came time for her to have her baby, she gave birth to a son. Her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown her great mercy, and they shared her joy. Joy is contagious, isn't it? Somebody gets joy, somebody begins to leap, somebody begins to laugh, or somebody begins to weep out of pure joy. It's contagious. It, it, it ripples through the rest of us. And so after watching Elizabeth be barren all those years, her neighbors and her relatives were probably leaping for joy. Wouldn't you think that here was born a healthy baby boy in their late years? If any of you are waiting for what seems to be an impossible promise, something that's kind of outside the box, come back to the birth of John from Elizabeth and Zechariah. The scripture that we read tells us that Zechariah had been praying many years don't 
stop praying. Luke 18.1, never stop praying. Thessalonians, rejoice always. Pray constantly. I want to talk a little bit here about this barrenness. I told you I was going to talk about that a little more. For Elizabeth, God not only reversed her barrenness, he not only healed her in a divine plan, but he used that barrenness redemptively because he had a greater purpose. And sometimes we wonder as we go through struggles and trials, what's the purpose of this, Lord? How are you being glorified in this? God will take something that's out of the box, extraordinary, and use it for his good. He will use it redemptively. And this is one of those examples. Are you waiting for something? Is there something in your life that persists and you're praying and you're seeking God? For God works for good, everything, for those who love him and are called according to his purposes. That's each one of us, guys. Each one of us can hang on to that. But there's a caveat there, isn't there? For those who love God and who are called according to his purposes. We're all called according to his purposes. Once we step into the family, we are called according to his purposes. It talks in, in, in Ephesians about the fact that we are his workmanship and it, he has created us to do good works which he has already planned for us. So as we love him, he reveals the purpose in our lives. And there isn't just one, but in all seasons of, seasons of our lives, there are purposes. And so where does God want to work, not only healing, but redemption? What is going to bring him great glory as he works in you and through you? I want you just to stop and think about that just a minute. I'm going to pray. Jesus, your sweet best will is hovering over all of us, is bubbling up within us. We give you this circumstance in each of our lives that you will use it for your best, for your glory, that you will use it redemptively so that when people look back, when people tell the story, there's redemption in its wings. Amen. I want you to be thinking about that. Ponder that this week as you look at a place in your own life that might be barren and trust God that he is going to not just reverse it, but he's going to redeem it. Isn't that wonderful? He's going to redeem it. Even if it seems like after years and years, it isn't going to change, it isn't going to get better, God is using it. He's using it even now as it lays developing in, inside of you. 
and that's that's my one of my prayers for Mike and I, as he is has been sick these these last several years. God, be glorified in this. Be magnified through Mike and I as we live out our covenant of marriage in the midst of affliction. May God be glorified, right? Amen? Well, I think it's pretty obvious the answer to this next question I'm going to ask you, but where do we find joy? That's a rhetorical question, guys. Where do we find joy? And I, I want to take us to another scripture site. Let's go to John 15. So if you all want to get out your electronic devices or a real, a real Bible. <laughs> Jesus is talking in John 15, you'll, you'll recall, he is talking about himself as the vine and us as his branches. And in verse 9, Jesus picks up and says this, As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. Just like the branch is part of the vine, remain in that sap, remain in that flowing life uh, stuff. <laughs> if you obey my commands, which he will identify here in a minute, if you will obey my commands, you will remain in my love just as I have obeyed my Father's commands and I remain in his love. And this is the verse I want to key in on, verse 11. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you. That my joy may be in you. Not maybe or could be or if I feel like it, but Jesus' joy lives in in us. And as we know that and walk in it, then he says our joy will be complete. And then he asks at the very end, he says in the very end in verse 17, this is my command. Love one another. Love one another well. Love one another deeply. Love one another devotedly. And as we do, and as we obey that command, and we, we live in divine union, a divine life union, that's what I want to call it, a divine life union, say that with me, a divine life union, God's joy not only lives in us, but is expressed through us. And how critical that is today. Many years ago, I was... I was talking to the Lord about this, and I felt like the Lord said this to me. My joy is in your heart. It's in your very being. And it's, as it comes through you, it, it's like a magnet. It draws other people to you. They, they don't know why they're coming to you. They don't know why they're drawn to be close to you, but it's the joy. It's my joy in you being expressed through you that draws people to you, that draws people to the Christ within you. As his love is perfected in us, his spirit grows us up, joy becomes one of the fruits of that life union in Jesus Christ. Thank you, Marcus. Hallelujah. 
And so I want to take a moment just to talk a little bit about living with joy in difficult circumstances. I'm not going to talk about living with joy in happy circumstances because that flows naturally, doesn't it? But I want to talk about living in joy in a challenging situation. I think for me, coming to the well of Jesus Christ every morning to spend time with him is the very first and foremost source of being able to walk in challenging circumstances with joy, with peace, with love for all mankind. Because as we dwell with him, he fills us, he loves us, he comforts us, and then he walks out that day with us. Many times he gives me this picture of my arm linked through his and down the road we go. And that's how close he invites us to be. That's what his death on the cross bought us. That, that colossal sacrifice, that astronomical sacrifice bought us that intimate fellowship. It brought us forgiveness. It brought us reconciliation. It brought us the privilege and the honor of walking arm in arm with him. So when we, when we tap into that as we dwell with him, he gives us the grace and the ability to be joyful even in the midst of a life storm. I can't emphasize too much spending time with your best friend every day. Husbands and wives, you've learned that, that you have to spend time with your beloved every day or it, 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 things can get off course, can't they? So our relationship with Christ is the same way. And it may not be, mornings may not be a good time for you. That's good for me because Mike is able to sleep in the mornings and that is my quiet time with Jesus. And during that time as I talk and I pray and I read his word and he speaks to my heart, I burst into song, I worship, and my well is watered. My garden is as a well-watered garden. So you may feel like you're in a desert right now. You may feel like all your flowers and shrubs and bushes are dried up. You may feel dried up. Maybe like the barren womb in Elizabeth. Oh, but my brothers and sisters, the oasis, the well is just around the bend. Jesus calls you every day. He invites you every day. Come, beloved. And that's how he speaks to us. Come, beloved. Just think of how you speak to your children or your wife or your husband or someone close to you. You hug them. Come, beloved. That's how Jesus welcomes us. He welcomes us with arms open wide. And he says, come. Another way that I feel I'm able to walk joyfully in a hard time is the fellowship with my brothers and sisters. 
I can't say too much about the body of Christ. I hope I'm seeing some heads nod now. Because where would we be without each other? Where would we be without the body, our family, our family that we, we've come to know intimately, our family that we love with, we serve with, we cry with, we rejoice with? Where would we be without each other? I mean, I'm thinking of my own life walking through this time of caregiving with Mike. If I didn't have brothers and sisters close in around me who knew me and who knew my struggle, who knew when to kind of kick me in the bottom and say, come on, girl, or who knew when I needed comfort, the comfort of the Holy Spirit. We can't get on alone. Guys, God never meant for us to walk alone. He meant for us to walk in fellowship, first of all with him and then with one another. So there's that verse in Hebrews that says, do not forsake the coming together of the brethren. For what reason? What purpose does he say? So that you may encourage one another. Aren't your hearts lifted up when you leave here on Sunday or when you leave a small group? There's an encouragement of, uh, among us, isn't there? And that's a gift God has poured into this body. He poured, it's available to all, all body. But I sense it really here. I sense a unity. Not that we're all alike, my gosh. I can look around and say, okay, I'm not like you guys. And you're not like me. Praise God. We're a diverse bunch. But... We're, we're a love bunch. We love each other. And we lift each other up. We're family. We love each other devotedly. And as Pastor Rick said early in this year, this is a year of loving well. Amen. So I think these, these, these are some of the key things that I feel help me stay not just barely connected, but really connected. So there is a divine life union. Say that with me again. A divine life union. Put your hands up like this. You're the branch. He's the vine. A divine life union. And the sap is flowing and the love and the energy and the healing. And yes, the joy. Oh, the Lord is so good. Before we end this morning, I would like to just speak a little aside here from the scripture that we read today. Go back to Luke 1, please. Any of you that have ever waited on the Lord for fulfillment, you may be waiting for, and, and, and Fanny, I've got I've to share this. You know, Fanny's been praying, and so has the church, for her, her grandsons to come into the Lord. And Fanny told me this morning, he has come to the Lord and will be baptized. And so we know, thank you, Jesus. We know that sometimes, many times, the things of the Lord take time. It's a process. It's, it's, we're, we're on the road. And so 
I want you to rest assured God is on the road with you. He does not delay his word. He does not delay his plan ever. He will do it on time, which is his time. He makes all things beautiful in his time. So I want to reread one section here in Luke 1. As the angel is speaking to Mary, and he says, So the Holy One to be born from you will be called the Son of God. And then verse 36. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be barren is in her sixth month. And then that wonderful verse afterwards, With God, nothing is impossible. Let's say that together. With God, nothing is impossible. Can you imagine, let's look at this picture that uh, Susie has on the screen for us. Can you imagine Mary's joy and utter relief when she gets to Elizabeth's home and Elizabeth really is pregnant? God used Elizabeth's pregnancy, and we've seen that already. He reversed it and healed her. He used it redemptively, but he also used it as a prophetic confirmation to the prophetic word the angel spoke. Can you just imagine Mary going, oh, thank you, Lord. In fact, as she traveled, I guess Nazareth and the, uh, where Mary was and where Elizabeth and Zechariah lived was about 80 or 100 miles away from each other. So she had plenty of time to think while she was walking and walking. And don't you imagine she was praying over the baby in her womb and praying, oh God, let Elizabeth be pregnant. Let me see a sign that I did hear you. Because sometimes when we hear God, we think, we're not sure, are we? We're not sure. Lord, was, was that you? Or if we read a scripture that seems to leap out, we say, is this... Is this you, Lord? Are you speaking to me? And how relieved and how happy we are when there comes a confirmation to that. And we know we can keep hanging on to it because the Lord spoke it and he will do it. Amen? All right, so we're going to end this morning. I want us to do this little exercise on page 10 uh, in our booklet. I'm going to walk you through this. So you can put your outlines down and your Bibles down. This is just going to, we're going to head into a time of, of ministry. Uh, at the end, uh, pastor's going to come up, and I am going to be available to pray for a release of joy and a release of God's promise, a release of God's word in you if you, if you need that. All right, so settle yourself down. Get comfortable. Take a few breaths just to calm your whole being. Come, Holy Spirit. You are already here. You have manifested yourself. We know you're here. So we're just going to say thank you for coming. And now, Lord, I pray you would help each one of us show me your joy right now what are you identifying as a joyous thing to me right now jesus 
pray, come. Come, Holy Spirit. Show my beloved brothers and sisters the joy that you have set before them. The joy that, just like the joy that was set before Jesus that enabled him to go to the cross. Show us the joy now or that which is set before us that we might not lose heart and that we might gain understanding and revelation and that we might magnify you, that others will be drawn to the testimony of Jesus Christ within us. Thank you, Jesus. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. To receive more audio content from The Vineyard, click the subscribe button in iTunes.